Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 83. It is December, which is so wild to say. I'm obviously pre-recording this because, you know, your girl is almost two, a little over two months ahead right now, which is very exciting. But December, wow. Um, Christmas... New Year coming, all the things. So I don't know about you, but I like to always reflect in the month of December of just how my year went and all of the things I accomplished and things that I'm looking forward to. So uh, a little bit of a recap. I mean, I got engaged to the man of my dreams, which was obviously such a massive highlight. Um, I got to connect with so many incredible people in this podcast space, and I'm going to be forever thankful for that. It's been such a journey, and I'm so glad that I have continued podcasting, because for those of you who don't know, a lot of podcasts only last about 10 or so episodes until they say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I'm very proud of myself for really sticking to it and, you know, staying committed to it, because it's definitely not easy, but it's truly worth it. So thank you for tuning in. If you, if you know, if this is your first time listening, I would love for you to go back and listen to some previous episodes. I've had so many incredible guests, everyone from book authors to therapists to physician assistants to previous sex workers to domestic violence survivors. Like I have had everyone under the sun from every walk of life and that's what I absolutely love doing and just being able to share their story, spread awareness about certain topics and just have this be a judgment-free zone. So I hope that you continue to tune in to My Naked Mindset and I will forever appreciate you being here today. So I have a very exciting episode for you and I am so excited to have you guys listen to it. So here it is. All right, everyone. So I have a very special guest today. She is a coach and therapist who specifically works with couples and marriages. And what she does is she creates a space where both partners feel respected and included. And she is also a book author, which I cannot wait to learn more about that as well. Everyone, please welcome Leslie to the show. Well, Janae, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to chat with you and just hear all about your story (laughs) and really what you do for a living. Because obviously, being a therapist, I give all therapists so much credit because they do amazing things in this world. And I obviously love how you, you know, talk about sex and all of this stuff that's such a quote unquote taboo. But we're really going to debunk that today because it really should be something that is talked about more in my opinion. Oh yes. It yes, it is one of those things that you know, the basics are pretty clear but that's not enough. Right. That is so true. Just not enough. So true. So now let me ask you this, how did you get into the field of therapy? Oh, well, that's a very long story, but I will try to shorten it. Um, I actually think that I have been um, 
sort of a therapist or, or I've been a watcher. I've, I've been fascinated by human behavior. I think my entire life, I remember being in kindergarten and wanting to watch the other kids play as opposed to actually playing with them. Um, and I've learned over the years that I'm a bit of an empath that I could pick up a lot of, of, of feelings. And so I, I, you know, I, in fact, I've actually gotten into trouble at times because I'll be watching interactions right. and then people like stop staring at me. My, my <laughs> husband will look at me and he says, he'll say, you're doing it again. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, because I, I just so fascinated. Right. Um, and so when I kind of, I, I got my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology, right about the time we hit a recession. And so mm, that was not going to work. And right. then I had a child and I, when I decided what I wanted to do when I grew up was that I thought I would wanted to be a marriage and family therapist, which is what I am. And I started working and my Really what got me into working with couples is one of my very first clients was a six-year-old girl who was brought to me because she had anxiety. Well, of course she had anxiety because she was basically the rope in her divorced parents' tug of war. Mm. And she reminded me a lot of myself because my parents got divorced. It took them a long time to finally get divorced with a lot of damage going on in between. And I kept looking at this little girl. I'm going, I, I can't give her any tools. She's six. She can't take on mom and dad. And so I decided that if I was going to help her, I had to get at what they were doing. And that was the pathway to how I got to doing what I'm doing. Wow. That's powerful. So that was kind of like a, a, it sounds like a huge catalyst in your career, just like that little girl and kind of, wow. Yeah. She's, 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 now she's now an adult. I don't know where she is, but, but I've been doing this long enough that she's now fully grown. Although I did run into her grandfather and he was talking about how his granddaughter was getting married. And I said, and he says, Oh no. He said to me, she's a mess, which I predicted when she was six. Oh, wow. So yeah. So this is why I really do what I do. Right. I just got the chills. That, that's so powerful, truly. I mean, I've definitely been to a few therapists in my time and it truly does change people's lives. And it's it's incredible. It's incredible work. And I think I I, I talk about this on the podcast all the time. Um, and I really think like as the years go on, especially after the last few years, I really think that it's becoming more acceptable. It's becoming more, oh, I don't have to like hide the fact that I go to therapy and I don't have to be like embarrassed or uncomfortable about saying that out loud. And I think it's, it's a movement. It's huge. It's a huge thing. And I'm, I, I preach it all the time. Like I always encourage every single person in the universe to go to therapy one way or another at one point in their life. And I just think it's, yeah, because it's not a punishment. I mean, for, for me, the people who call me, the people who show up in my office are the most courageous people in the world because they, they recognize that something is not working and they have the courage to ask for help and to say, you know, I've, I've, because I mean, it's, I think it was Einstein who said, you can't, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. And mm-hmm. so we're limited by what we know. And so the advantage of going to somebody, you know, 
not, not, not your best friend and not your mom and not your sister or, you know, but somebody who has some understanding of, of how things work. Um, it, you can really make a lot of differences um, quickly and, and you can really get, get, you know, start living a better life without having these old stories and running around in your head. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a different mindset that I would never think of yeah, like yeah. in my head. And that's, that's one thing that's really helped me is just like shifting perspectives, understanding why I think certain things. Mm-hmm. And then obviously trauma, which is a huge factor in a lot of people's worlds. Right. Uh, and, and trauma isn't just major stuff like a parent dying or you being in a war or, you know, trauma, trauma is, is just anything, you know, there's all kinds of things that are, that are traumatic that might not be traumatic to you, but to me, they're, they're traumatic. And, and mm-hmm. so we, we have to not be in judgment. And, and at least if anything has come out of the 20 year war on terror, um, you know, this whole thing about trauma has, has been destigmatized. I mean, back, back in the day, you know, soldiers used to be shot for, you know, having, you know, being shell shocked. And it's like, mm-hmm. When you, I mean, they're exposed to some really horrible things and you right. would nor, you would think it would be normal to have a bad reaction to it as opposed to there's something wrong with you if you have a bad reaction to it. So at least, at least I think we're making some progress. Thank goodness. Yes, absolutely. And, and one of my favorite things is when one of my clients says to me, it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. It's like, yes. I love it. <laughs> yes, <That's>, victory. <laughs> right, right. That, right. That's it must be so rewarding too, like when you really just get to help so many people and just help them live a better life, like you said, and just understand themselves and their partners more. Cause like I I really truly believe that if you can learn an incredible amount about yourself, but also, you know, when things get rocky or things get hard or you go through something, like really learning about your partner and how they handle certain situations and what do they need help with? And Mm -hmm. what are, you know, what are something, what's something that I can do better to help them, right? Like it's, there's so many important aspects of therapy that I think can just be incredibly beneficial. And yeah, I can't, I can't, I personally can't say enough good things. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that because you're a therapist. No, no. I mean, but, but I mean, and, and, and most people who've had some experience with it realize, I should say experience with, because like in any profession, there are good therapists and not so good therapists, Oh, very um, true. but, um, but, you know, but the ones that really provide a sense of safety and openness and, you know, and non-judgment, because that's, I think what most of us need is just being able to tell our stories and have somebody say, wow, how, you know, how amazing that you got through that. Oh my gosh, how strong you are. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, what, you know, I'm the, I'm, you know, it's like, it, it's a whole different viewpoint of them. It's like, well, and, and, you know, and, and when a lot of times my clients tell me their stories, it's like, well, of course you would do this. Right. That makes perfect sense. You yeah, know, absolutely. How would you, how would you know to do anything else? And they kind of go, oh, oh, right. okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a whole like- different thing. Yeah, you like make sense of it. I totally mm-hmm. get that. Now, what inspired you to make your book or create your books, write your books? I actually blame two men, two <laughs> different men. Um, the the first one, his his um, 
his name is Bill O'Hanlon. He is a therapist. He has, he's a written, he's now, he's now a musician. I mean, he's, he's an amazing man. And um, he's written over 30 books. And I was talking to him at a conference one day and he, he was saying, well, you know, I was saying something about all the books about relationships have, have already been written. He says, no, they haven't. He says, your book hasn't been written yet. So he oh. got me to write the first one and I'm not, not sure I've ever forgiven him. Love the man, but I'm not sure I've ever forgiven him because I swore after I wrote the first one, I would never write another one because oh. it was, I likened it to the writing of the book, like being pregnant uh-huh. and the publishing of the book, like giving birth. Oh, so okay. I said, I'm not going to do that again. Um, and then I met another man named Trevor Crane, who convinced me that I needed to write a second book, which I'm in the process of now. And I love and hate Trevor in the same way I love and hate Bill. So, wow. Yep. So what is your first book called? Just so people can. The first book is called Blueprint for a Lasting Marriage. It's basically a how-to on having a successful marriage, because I think everybody needs a how-to book. And the second book is called Hero Husband. It's actually written for men um, to be, to step into the heroes that they want to be because every man wants to be the hero to his, to, to his loved ones. And it's really about not blaming men, but inviting men to step up and be the partners and the people and the parents that they really want to be. Wow. I love that. And, and it's all still- based around superheroes. So it's all, you know, it's yeah. all kind of. That's you know, fun though. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And yeah. So our topic today is going to be all about sexless marriage, intimacy. And <sighs> I think my listeners are really just going to resonate with this and really understand more about this. And, and I can't wait for, you know, everyone to listen to this and just be like, wow. So let's get into the topic. I first want to ask what is sexless marriage because I know it can look like you know some people view it differently I guess you could say right well the specific definition is a sexless marriage is basically a marriage in which there has not been sex usually meaning sexual intercourse although in some any kind of sexual interaction um, less than once a month so 10, 10, 10, 10 times a year Gen- or less generally um, qualifies as a sexless marriage. Now, if you're in a marriage, you know, if you're in a relationship where you want sex every day, then for you, a sexless marriage might be if you only get it twice a month. So it, it's, right. it's kind of a moving definition, but that's kind of the, the one that the, that therapists and professionals use to qualify as a sexless marriage. Gotcha. And then is there a different term if someone hasn't had sex in many years? Is that like something? Different? Well, I mean, you, you mean if, if they're in a relationship? Yeah. And they yeah, haven't. No, that would that would qualify. I mean, I yeah, that would qualify as, as sexless, meaning meaning that you, you know, you don't have sex at all. Oh, right. And right. and one of you wants it. Mm, yeah, because that that's a part that I've I've listened to many podcasts on and you know, the different libido the different sex <laughs> desires I think that's mm-hmm. a huge factor in some of this but maybe we'll get to that in a little bit because I am yep. curious about like how like why does this like nine times out of ten what are some why of does it happen happens? Mm. yeah 
Well, you know, sometimes you, you know, that's it's it's multifaceted because desire and libido are multifaceted, and especially mm-hmm. they're multifaceted for women, which is why there is Viagra. And we have not yet figured out a way, (laughs) you know, a a magic pill to increase desire in women Um, because it is very, very multifaceted. And some of that is biological and some of that is socialization and some of that is just individual differences. So um, from a from a biological standpoint, because because women have periods and their hormone their hormones fluctuate. Right. Desire ebbs and flows with that. Um, socialization, you know, we get into this, you know, it, it, it has changed, but there's still the idea of good girls don't have sex before marriage. And even if they, once they have sex in marriage, they're not supposed to enjoy it. Mm. It's like, okay. Um, except for the fact that in our society, we use sex to sell everything. So it kind of turns into this sort of Madonna whore concept that, you know, old fashioned thing. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes children coming onto the scene can wreak havoc. One, because a lot, there, there are some women who think, well, mothers don't have sex. Mm-hmm. My response to that is, well, how did you become a mother? But we're not going to go there. But, <laughs> um, right. but that it's, but, but it's somehow that's not part of, of, you know, and some of that also is body image, you know, because there's no way that you can have a baby and not have changes, Absolutely. Um, which somehow comes as a, as a surprise sometimes to men. I don't know why that is, but okay. But yeah. things move and shift and, you know, all kinds of things when you pass a bowling ball through you. So, right. um, you know, there, there are physical things and we just, we just don't really talk about it in, in a, in a positive way. Um, you know, there's, so yeah, there's all kinds of things. And, and then there's just individual differences. And here's something that a lot of people do not know. And that I wanted to make sure that they understood is that there there's something called spontaneous desire, which is generally the way men are wired, meaning they think about sex, they want to have it. Mm. Um, you know, they're they're uh, they have a, they have a sense of desire, then they have arousal. For at least fifty percent of women, there's something called responsive desire. Meaning that we don't feel desire until we're physically aroused. So guys and and ladies who who are married to men who want you to initiate all the time, this is the problem, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) This right here is the problem is that we're not, we're, we're not feeling that desire because we aren't physically aroused. And it can be very frustrating, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that we don't enjoy sex and, you know, and, and once we start to get aroused, we're into it, but, but that there's a real, because most of the studies back that started back in the fifties and doing all the the studies about sexuality were done on men. And they came up with this desire, arousal, orgasm, rest. Half of us don't work that way. Right. So it can be a real, you know, so it can be very frustrating. Interesting. Wow. Now, how many, do you by chance know the number of how many 
marriages are sexless? Is there studies on that? I'm sure there are. I don't know the numbers. What I do know is that it is growing. Interesting. And a lot of it is growing because a lot of younger people are not having as much sex. Hmm. And a lot of this has to do with time. They're, you know, they, they could be working a lot. They could, you know, they, you know, there's, they could be distracted by doing other things, staying up all night watching TikTok or playing video games or doing, doing other things other than what's connecting them to their partners. Wow. There was a, there was a study out of Japan a couple of years back that, that, that the, that the amount of sexual activity was like, had hit the skids um, in, with the younger generation. That is so interesting. And I think, and I, and I know this might be like, really, I think a a lot of it has to do with technology. I mean, that's, that's wild to think about. (laughs) Right. Oh, and then there's this other thing called pornography. Yes. So that I, I, I would rather, deal with that than actually deal with a real live human being because it's easier right wow that is that is very interesting and intriguing and I think I mean I'm just like trying to wrap my head around that I mean I guess I guess I'm just curious about like I mean the whole pornography versus the in-person thing it's like I'm just thinking to myself I wonder what it's going to, through people's minds to not want, like, you know, the intimacy with a partner. Well, intimacy is scary because if I'm actually involved with a human being, another human being, then they might not like what I'm doing or, mm. you know, they might say something. I mean, you know, it's the, the, the two biggest challenges in, in marriage are money and sex. And that's right. because they're both extraordinarily personal. Money is not dollars and cents. It's about what it means. And, you know, it's very, very personal. And in order to talk about this, I have to really open up and share with you. And if we're going to have a good sex life, I have to do the same. And the other thing about pornography is that because it is so prevalent, people are starting it earlier Mm. and they, and their desire, their arousal becomes about something different and the other thing about pornography um because i i mean the first the first now i i used to get into you know if i you know if i could you know when i was younger if if some my friend's dad had playboys we were looking at playboys but that was about as wild as it got my first the first x-rated movie i ever went to i went to when i was in college in an auditorium and let me tell you that's an interesting experience but okay (laughs) um but but the but what goes on in pornography now is very very different oh, and what people forget is that these people are paid for this and the more extreme acts they will get engaged in the more they get paid but those extreme acts have become much more normalized and 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 so you know, and I look at that, I'm going, yeah, I don't think she's really feeling that, but she's being paid. So it, yeah. you know, and so there's this expectation that, oh, all women or all men or whatever want this. And it's like, 
And so again, we have this really hard time talking about it. Yeah, it can be a very false sense of reality. And it's not, I always say this, it's not realistic. Mm-mm. The sound, <laughs> some of the things that they do, it doesn't right. feel good. Like they oh. are just putting on an act. It, it, it is a show. It's, yeah. it's they're acting. But it's like, it, for women, I think a lot of it is geared towards men. And that's why right. uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot too is ethical porn yes. and how they are, they're treated correctly. They are paid correctly. They are not, they don't have to do anything that they're not comfortable with or they don't right. want to do. There's so many great aspects and there's, there's a lot of great sites out there that have ethical porn. And I always, I, I had a podcast episode just about ethical porn and talking about it because it really does have a false expectation. And that's so, and I mean, I can understand like when someone first watches it, maybe for the first time and they're, they're viewing all this crazy stuff. They're like, oh, well that, that's how it's supposed to be. They That's the only thing they know. Right. And then their brains get wired that this is arousing. And so when I'm left with this real human being, I, I may or may not be aroused by by them and then that and then and then that sets this whole thing in into motion you know there's there's shame and which is a horrible emotion but very prevalent when we're talking about sex um you know that that just really cuts it off at the knees and it's like mm. oh my gosh how do we even get through this and and we and we don't have the communication skills how do we talk about this in a in a way um, you know, that's safe. And right. you know, it, we just don't. So do you find that a lot of the couples that come to you are not comfortable with talking about sex with their partner at all? Or do you think that they're maybe well, they sometimes do? It, it, it can sort of be hard because if, because if I bring it up, then it's like, whoa, <laughs> right. And, and by the way, any, any person working you know in the relationship area should be willing to to ask and and talk about this because um that's that's the other thing uh that if you are having problems outside of the bedroom more than likely you're having problems inside the bedroom um again going back to because because how we feel about it especially for women and by the way this happens to be based in biology because since women can get pregnant which still to this day can be deadly. We can, you know, women still die in childbirth and of pregnancy related things. It is, it is physically dangerous for women to be pregnant. So our bodies are set up in a way that we, to feel safe, to feel secure, to be okay, to be in a situation where we can get pregnant. So there's this, you know, so if we're in a situation where we, we don't feel safe because not, not, I don't mean that that our partners are going to beat us, but that we don't Mm. feel emotionally safe, that we feel, you know, we've had an argument or we're, or there's resentment or whatever's going on. There is a natural tendency to shut down the desire. And it's really interesting because I, I learned this after I had my son, because, you know, those of us who have had babies, and I don't know if doctors are still saying this to women, but they need to stop it. When they tell, you know, at your six week checkup, oh, you're good to go to have sex. Well, you may be physically healed. But um, I remember my son was born in end of February, and I was talking to a friend of mine over the summer, 
at her birthday and I, you know, she had had a children before me. I said, am I ever going to want sex again? And she goes, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you will. But of course, if, if you breastfeed, that's another thing that is nature's way. Although this particular friend will tell you don't use breastfeeding as birth control because it doesn't work, but it is sort of nature's way of spacing out babies again. So you don't die. Mm. And so this is, this is biology and it's not, it's not just your, and not to mention the fact that you're exhausted, (laughs) all these other things. It's like sex, that is no, that is the last thing on my mind, you know, but luckily she assured me and she was correct that yes, you will eventually want to have sex again, but for a while you just don't. Right. And that's probably natural. Like you might not, like you said, you might be physically ready, but mentally you might not be there. Right. Or, or emotionally. I mean, you know, if if you're exhausted, it's like, okay, my body just wants to go to sleep. You know, it's like, I I remember when my son was a baby and he would nap. It's like, do I take a shower? Do I eat? Or do I sleep? Right. right, right. It's like, which option should I do? Which option do I take? You know? And, and so we have to be, you know, and, and, and so when the doctor says, oh, you can have sex now. And so that's like green light. And it's like, yeah, that's the last thing I want to do. And that's, again, there's hormonal stuff involved in that as well. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now, if a couple is going through, you know, a hard time, they come to you, they say, hey, you know, our sex life is not non-existent. You know, we have a lot of, you know, personal things going on. Um, how can we prevent this from moving forward? What do you usually advise them? Well, usually, usually, and a lot of it depends on the severity. Um, But usually, sometimes what we do, and a lot of sometimes what um, intimacy coaches will suggest is take intercourse off the table, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's just more about getting, feeling comfortable with each other feeling safe with each other. Can we just, can we just snuggle, cuddle, maybe, maybe, you know, um, do, but, but that, that, you know, that intercourse, it's like, it becomes the goal. And it's like, no, 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 we can be sexual in so many ways. We can, we can feel connected in so many ways. And that's really what you work towards is, is trying to figure out what is getting in the way of that connection, of that, those loving feelings towards each other. I was just reading a blog post and, and usually, I mean, and it's not a hundred percent true, but usually if things are going well in your relationship, your physical aspect will tend to sort of take care of itself. Although, you know, it's sort of like the chicken and the egg. We have a good relationship. So our sex life is good. We have a good sex life. So our relationship is good. It's actually, they feed into each other. And so if there's a, if, if there's a problem, it's like, okay, what's going on? What, what are people's thoughts about it? What are people's feelings about it? And then this, and then we run into, um, all expectations, assumptions. Right. Um, we're not talking about it. We're not reaching agreement. Um, you know, we don't know what what feels good because we, you know, nobody actually takes a class on how to be a good lover. 
you know, where do you yeah. learn this? And yeah. please don't use pornography as your teaching tool. Yeah, seriously. Uh, there, there might be some things you could pick up from that, but you know, for the most part, that's not necessarily the best place to go. But, but where do you go? Mm. You know, it's not like you can, you know, lover 101. I don't know. And, and so, um, and again, we're talking about things being very personal because again, going back to the differences between men and women, it's not that men like the same thing all the time, but they tend to be, you know, but they tend to be a little bit more predictable, but based on where we are in our cycle, you know, what felt good to us the last time might not feel good to us this time. And so, so the guys get really confused. That is so true. Oh my gosh. Seriously, that can happen. So like, yeah, I liked it then, but I don't really like right it. Right now it's making me, it's like that really just stop. Right, right. No. That's, that's so important. And, and we're getting into like, like all of the things that you were just saying, like really resonated with me when, when, when something is like off or like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Or, you know, I really want to try this experimenting. I think it's so important to communicate after the intercourse or what the sexual interaction, not doing it in the bedroom. That's, that's what I keep hearing is do it out of the bedroom, you know, and, and, and I don't know if you have any tips on how you can kind of bring up the conversation, but from what I've learned is really just saying like, Hey, like, I really just, I really want to just talk with you about something and just kind of bring it up casually. Don't say, Using I statements too. I think that's always a good thing is not saying, well, you did that and that hurt me and, and I didn't feel anything from that. And that didn't feel good to me. Like saying, you know, I really enjoyed when you did X, Y, Z, and maybe we can try this again and just kind of using it as a, a safe space in, in Mm -hmm. a sense of like, you're not doing it right after the interaction or in the bed like that's that's a big no-no that's that's what I've been learning yeah I I I tell people that the only two things you could say is if ow that really hurts because I like because nobody wants to cause their partner pain and and absolutely or do more of that that feels really good keep doing that those about the only two things you should be talking about in the moment and and I and I do think that the way to um, have a conversation about your intimate life should be just part of having regular conversations about your relationship. Um, because if you're doing it relatively frequently, then nobody gets freaked out by it, right? It's like, oh, oh my God, you know, we have to have the cause sex coming. It's like, no, no, it's just part of what we do um, as, as, you know, what's working, what we might, like you were talking about, what we might be interested in, um, you know, but it is really about being, you have to have a safe space for that. Absolutely. In order to talk about these, these very personal things, to be, to be vulnerable, um, we have to know that it's safe. We have to know that our partner is curious and interested and, and, non-judgmental as because especially if we're talking about maybe trying something new um you know or maybe even talking about our fantasies I mean these are all very very personal things and it's scary and and if I don't know that it's going to be handled well I'm not opening my mouth that's not a good idea 
And then we just continue. And so I think having regular conversations, and I would say what I advise is weekly, not talking about sex every week, but talking about varying aspects of our relationship Mm. on a regular basis, because one, it's going to keep us out of trouble. Yes. And we're not going to have to fix things. It's like, let's do our checkups. Right, right. As opposed to having to go in for major repairs. Absolutely. And I love the, I love the check-ins because it it really can just like make it, like you said, like a nice safe space. You kind of just check in, see how everything's going, what you might need from your partner that week. If you have a crazy schedule, you're like, Hey, do you mind cooking for, you know, this night I'll do the next night. Like I love like little check-ins and just kind of really sharing with your partner what you might need or what you really need to be supported with this week. I think that's a beautiful way of really being connected because then you know, okay, my partner needs me to make dinner this night. She's going to be out, you know, doing whatever the next night. And then we'll come back together on Friday night and we're going to have a nice dinner together and we're going to make it together and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it can be such a nice time. And I love that checking in and really just being like, you know what? I didn't really love X, Y, Z and let's get to the root of it so we can fix it and move on. Yeah. And, and I statements are so important that I I feel this way, or I felt, you know, or I thought this, not you made me because nobody can make you do anything. I mean, even, even if they've got, you have a gun to your head, it's still a choice. Now your choices aren't good, but you still have a choice. Um, But, um, you know, and you said something that's really important and it's about connecting mm. as individuals, as a, as a couple, um, you know, any ther- any, any relationship specialist worth their salt says, you still need to go on dates. You talk about how things happen, become sexless. Well, it's like, because we stop interacting with each other as romantic partners. I'm not, yes, as lovers, but also we stop going out and doing things together and having fun. And for me, I tell people my, my rule of thumb for a date is that you are together and you are doing something fun. You're not talking about the kids. You're not talking about the finances. You're not talking about the state of the world. Oh my God, talk about a downer for your love life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, you're actually enjoying each other's company and that builds, that builds the connection. Um, for most people, vacation sex mm. is fantastic because yeah. guess what? <laughs> you know, they're not stressed. They're right. they're spending a lot of quality time together. They're maybe in a new place. And by the way, new sets off all of those in love hormones mm-hmm. that you know that we first experienced. So and and it bonds us to each other because we're doing something new together. Right. And so, you know, and so those are the kinds of things, but, but that's the other thing is that we stop making time. Yeah, um, time is a huge know. factor. I feel like they always say, you know, oh, I don't have time to have sex or I'm too busy and I'm tired at the end of the night. Like, what do you usually suggest in those types of situations? Well, there was a book written, gosh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now, maybe called 168 hours. I do not remember the author's um, name, but she had a statement in her book that she said, we tell people what our priorities are by how we spend our time. Mm. We all have 168 hours. Nobody on the planet 
per week. Nobody on the planet gets any more than that. Mm. And so if we say that my marriage, our, my, my, our intimate life is important to me, but I'm spending 120 hours by myself, I'm going to quit. I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going, you know, in fact, I actually did. I had a client say, say to me, my marriage is important, but very, very important word that I said, now you're going to tell me why that's not a true statement. Mm. He didn't much like that, but it was like, you're going to tell me why everything else is now more important, whether it's your job or the kids or your, or your, you know, your video games or whatever it is, you know, um, if, if you're not spending daily time at, at 20 minutes a day, interacting one-on-one with your, with your partner, I question how much of a priority you, 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 your relationship is. Yeah. I I mean, 20 minutes a day where where you're having a conversation because, because you're now getting past the, how was your day? What did you do? You're now talking, you're now down into what does that mean? How do you feel about this? Now, now we're connecting with each other, not just what I call superficial informational exchange that goes on in 10 seconds to two minute bursts. Right. We can't connect that way. No. We're That's... just, we become roommates and we're just kind of passing you like coworkers passing each other in the hallway. Hey, how you doing? You know, that is true. And and I think I've, I've heard that a lot of Oh well, our marriage somehow became. We're, now we're roommates. It feels like we're roommates. It feels like we're just friends. Like, mm-hmm. and that's something. I mean, I've heard personally from many, many people that mm-hmm. it feels like we're roommates now, and right. and they don't know how to like get out of that, you know. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be a tough spot. Well, and I and I tell people, how did you get into this relationship? You got into this relationship because you spent time together. You spent time together doing fun things. You spent time together talking with each other. You learned about each other. It's exactly the same way. If you did it once, you can do it again. Now, it sounds a little weird, um, but, but that's, really, that's really what it's, what it's about. And, and, ple- and yes, we do want to be friends with our partners. Right. Be- being friends liking this person as a person is really important because fantastic sex is not going to keep a relationship together as good as it, as good as it is. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like all the other stuff is good to eat away at it. So you want to be good friends and have fantastic sex. Absolutely. Not, or <laughs> it's both no, that's so true. That is so true. What about when two folks in a relationship have like unbalanced or unbalanced libidos, like different? Welcome, different. welcome to humanity, because <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you that is almost always going to be a given. Yeah. No two people. I mean, if you find somebody who matches your libido exactly, it's it, it's a miracle, right? Um, be, and a lot of times because libido, it, it's not a set thing. No. It's not like, it's not like it your eye color. Right. <laughs> you know? um, it, it ebbs and flows with stress, um, how physically healthy you are, how emotionally healthy you are. 
um, you know, and, and we have to learn how to, how to ride that wave. Mm. And, you know, we need to talk about um, what that's about. And this is where um, a lot of times men get a bad rap because they're one of the ways that they have been allowed to access to their emotions, allowed to connect. And by the way, I actually bond with their partners is through sex is through orgasm. Orgasm releases oxytocin, the bonding hormone. Right. So this is why the idea of, well, anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, we will, we, if we tend to have sex with the same person over and over again, we will bond with them. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, men are just like, oh, all you want is sex. No, what they really want is to connect and be intimate with you. And that is the way they do it. Um, one of the ways that they do it, there are other ways, but that is, you know, a primary way. And so it's like, it's not that they just want to have sex with anybody. They want to have sex with you because they love you. And they, that's, you are the person they want to connect with. And Mm. so, but a lot, but they get dismissed. It's like sex again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and again, going back to they tend to have spontaneous desire Mm. they're you know it's like they'll you know they'll see you walking up the stairs in your in your nice fitting jeans and they go oh I want that I mean I actually I actually I actually had this conversation with my husband because I had to tell him honey I love you but please do not come up to me and just grab randomly grab body parts. Right. Right. And again, that's part of our natural, Oh my God, I'm about to be attacked, even though it's my husband. Initially, I don't know who's grabbing me. Right. My, my, my instinct is like, Oh my God, I'm not safe. Right. And he said, he said, you know, women, no, he said, men would love it if women would just come up and grab their junk. And I'm going, great women, most women don't feel the same way. So let me, let me just disavow you. But, but this is, you know, and, you know, and and guys go like, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, guys, I get it. But you can't flip that. Now, if you're, now, if you're, if the woman in your life appreciates that, great, go, but please check with her. And, And I don't have a problem with him coming up and patting my backside. You know, I do have him a problem, him coming up and grabbing my chest. It's like, stop that, (laughs) please. I love you, but cut it out. Um, You know, and, and so we have to be willing to talk about it. And, and as you can tell, I try to use a lot of humor because I love that. I I think it can make things a little bit, you know, a little bit easier if we, and, and it also, if we can laugh about it and it's like, oh my God, if you don't have a sense of humor about sex, you're going to be dead. Because there are going to be times when it's just like, oh my God, this is just, I I mean, you know, it's like, I'll watch these, you know, romantic comedies, right? And I've always loved the, you know, the the woman in the negligee in the silk sheets. It's like, okay, there she goes sliding across the bed and onto the floor. I mean, she's she's like, no, no." or they're rolling around. I'm going, where do their legs, I mean, I'm going like, where are their legs going? And elbows. And it's like, yeah, no, this is, I don't know who does those things, but you know, they're not connected is what I can tell you. Um, 
because somebody's going to get hurt. And, you know, but you have to have, you have to have a sense of humor about this. Otherwise yeah. it's, it's just, but that's also part of that, making sure you're having a good relationship that you are laughing, mm. um, you know, not at your partner with your partner. You, you just, you just find this, you know, you find the situation just, it, you know, just silly. You know, it's like, well, right. okay, this, 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 this was a good idea. We're not going to try again because that didn't go quite so well. Oh, I've but, definitely been there for sure. You know, and, um, you know, but it's, it, it's such a hard topic that the, yeah. that the more lightness we can bring to it. And although I have to say that if you're really in a situation where you've been struggling with this, it isn't funny. It is really, really right. painful. Oh. Um, because, you know, it, it is a form of rejection. Oh, 100%. And, um, you know, and, oh yeah. And, so and, 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 you know, and so we want to be able to be able to talk about these things. And again, you know, depending on our upbringing, um, you know, how, how open were, were, you know, were our parents about stuff? Um, you know, what about the, the, the neighborhoods or the communities that we grow up in? Um, this is one of the things for for people in the L, you know, in 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 the LGBTQ community, where you know, it's like, wh- where where do what where am I accepted? You know, mm-hmm. how do I talk about these things? And you know, and by the way, we all have, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I heard something that that hair color had like eleven thousand genes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going. So yeah. we think sex is just one. I mean, it's like, right. it's like, it's like, I'm going, oh my God, if hair color is that complicated, yes. you know, so you know, cool. our, our, our desires are, you know, it's a continuum where we're, you know, and, and we're somewhere on that continuum and wherever it is, we are is okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but if that's not communicated to us, um, you know, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, the, um, oh God, what's it called? The purity, that, that whole purity movement, you know, and this whole thing about women have to, you know, you know, that women are the monitors of men's lust. It's like, oh my God, stop. You know, it's It's like, no, you own this, you know, stop it. (laughs) You know, but these are the kinds of mindsets that, that wreak havoc. Yeah on on us and you know and but 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 that's what we grow up in that's our norm we you know and we might feel a little bit differently inside but it's like is it safe to who do I say this to yeah who who do I say you know um yeah so it's it's very complicated but but if you find Mm -hmm. yourself in this kind of a relationship it, it is painful um because it's and 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 because people don't know how to talk about it and when i'm hurting i may not have the words i may not have the grace and the and the compassion and the sensitivity to to approach it in a kind way um you know and and i'm a true believer now this is where I, I, I suppose I can expand it out, but if you're in an, if you're in a committed relationship with somebody, whether you're married or not, you don't get to opt out 
of a major aspect of that relationship. You don't get to say, well, I'm not interested in this, so we're not talking about it. Whether that's money or sex or the housework, I don't care what it is. You don't, you, you know, you, you're a partnership, you're a team, and one person doesn't get to create the rules. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things when, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of men who basically are in sexless marriages and they don't want to bring it up because she shuts it down and, and, you know, they don't want to rock the boat. And I said, yeah, this is, I said, this is a boat that's going to capsize, Right. you know, whether you, whether you talk about it, I mean, it will eventually torpedo your relationship. I mean, I'm working with a client right now whose wife is perfectly happy to be in a co-parenting marriage. Absolutely. And he, and he goes, no, he goes, I want the full package. He goes, I want the intimacy, physical, emotional, you know, not just sex, but he wants the the hand holding and the, you know, and, and she only wants to, she only wants a a co-parenting marriage. And, and the the hard part is, is she doesn't want to be a single mom. Well, that's where it's headed because he's like, I'm, I'm, I don't, he goes, I don't want this. And, and you know, that, they're at an impasse. Yeah. That's, and it's, and it's so sad. That is, that is heartbreaking. And I, and I can't imagine like wanting, like you're already in the marriage. You're, you've been with this person for how many ever years, you know, you have a house, you have a family, what have you. And yeah. just having that, like, just, I don't even know how to describe it. Probably like a stomp on the door. Like yeah. which way is this going to go? Are, are we going to work through this or are we going to, yeah you know, and, get a divorce. And that's, yeah. that's a and, and he, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to break up the fit. He really doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and he loves her. I mean, this, I mean, you know, and it, and it's just like, you know, and it, and it is, and, and, and he's, I mean, and, and that that's repeated in some version in so many, so many relationships because, you know, and again, um, Therapy is not, or, or getting help is not a punishment. It's like, do you, you really want to work through this? And I don't know if this statistic still holds, but John Gottman, who's the marriage guru, he does all kinds of research. Um, and, and it's actually been just by anecdotal evidence through my career. Couples are unhappy for six to seven years before they seek help. And sometimes they never do. I mean, I've had people come to me and it's basically what we call the drop-off thing where one of them is dropping the other one off because they're on the way to the lawyer's office. <laughs> and I, you know, I'll say, well, so, so what have you done to try to fix this? Nothing. Mm. And that's why they say marriage is work. Well, no, I actually don't. I don't. I don't like that. Um, oh, <laughs> what is, do you have another phrase? Well, I say I say marriage takes attention and intention. Oh, I like but that. But work when I when I hear work, it's like, oh, great, let's go plow the back forty and hundred percent humidity and hundred degree heat. Yeah, I'm all for that. Let's go work at this. You know, Ugh. that's true. That's it does. True. It does not sound particularly appealing to me. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't. I have, I have a colleague who says, if you're working at your marriage, your marriage isn't working. Oh, so, um, and, and your relationship should feel easy. Most of the time it should feel, I mean, you're going to, 
you're going to run into challenges outside, you know, things, things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. But if you, if you know what works and you're doing it, then you know that, that you're, you're in this with somebody and, and, you know, there's, there's a flow to it that you can join forces and deal with whatever comes up. You're not, you're not doing this with each other. It's like, and, and the work comes in is I'm, I want you to be somebody you're not. Mm. I want you to be more like me, which by the way, we all want that. It's like, (laughs) I call it Leslie land that in (laughs) Leslie land, everything happens the way I want it to, even before I know I want it to happen. (laughs) And especially when I get on the road, there's not another car on the road, or at least they all drive like I do. (laughs) But my problem is, my problem is people come and visit Leslie land. They just don't stay there, Mm. you know? And, and so it's really, how do we make room for this other person? And this is where you were talking about the differences, differences in libidos, getting back to, mm-hmm. to that. It's like, how do we, how do we acknowledge this? And, and going back to also the responsive desire that can sort of be the libido thing that, you know, um, you know, that sometimes if we just give ourselves the opportunity to be in that situation, then, then if we have responsive desire, we will start to feel, you know, we will start to feel this, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start to get aroused and then we'll get into it. But if we just leave it as, well, I don't feel like it right now. So the answer is no, as opposed to, you know, I used to, um, you know, my philosophy is if the answer is not a hard no, that for, for whatever reason, the answer is absolutely, we are not doing this. It'll be like, sure. Because most of the time it turns out to be really fun, even though at the beginning of it, I was, my head was, you know, I was thinking something else, you know, I wasn't necessarily all hot and bothered. Um, But if, but if we allow ourselves, and this is where the other thing is, is that, um, for a lot of women, we have to get in the game mentally. We have to allow ourselves. I'm just thinking that you have to be there. You have to be in the right headspace. Because uh-huh. I could you have can't... sex and I could just be in a totally different world and I can be like not really into it. And then at the end, I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't present. Right. I need to be in the right headspace 100%. Right. Yes. It's like, don't do the grocery list. Right. Don't, you know, it's like, it's like, and, and it's so easy for, you know, there's, there, there, there um, was a, a video out about, um, you know, I, I can't remember the, the, the title of it. Laugh, laugh your way to a better marriage. I can't remember. But anyway, he was talking about men having boxes. Oh my know, God. And, that, yes. and they have a nothing box. A nothing box. And, and, says and, and, and it's like, and women don't even, you say that. And it's like, you, you ask a guy what he's thinking. He's like, nothing. It's nothing. like, what? Because we can't turn it off. It's like, oh my God, stop. Yeah. But we, but, but getting present, you know, I mean, you know, and it's the proverbial, you, you're, 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 you're getting busy. You're having a good time. And the kid cries and the woman goes, okay, light switch. I'm done. And the guy goes, no, just three more minutes. Right. <laughs> like, right. Oh, I'm done you know, because it's, it's part of the way we're wired and okay. we have to be willing to allow ourselves to go into that space. And there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that. 
mm. um, the, the, the state of the relationship only being one of them. And so, you know, to have a good sex life, we have to take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We have to be, you know, and, and because it all comes into play. If, if I don't feel good physically, I'm not going to want to get busy if I don't feel good emotionally, you know, um, and, and sometimes that, you know, and it's okay to not be okay. But if we're not okay for an extended period of time, that's where the problem comes in. 100%. That was beautifully said. What are your top tips to spice it up? Would you say? Um, Well, one, I I think laughter, I think being willing to laugh is, is, is really important. Um, And laughter and play. I mean, look at it mm. like, you know, we take sex way too seriously. Right. Um, it should be fun. So whether or not you want to um, do role playing, you mm. know, sometimes spicing it up means, you know, it's like you, you, you agree to meet at, at the coffee shop with a bar and you like, you're pretending you're strangers. Um, and, you know, it's like you start to flirt and you start to do these things. Um you know, anything, anything that's fun. I, I remember there was a, I think it was a commercial for Yo Play. And there's the, you know, the, the, the man sitting at the table that's all done up and the woman's very sexist, but okay. And the woman's in the French maid's outfit and the, and the, and the daughter and her friend come walking through and the friend is like, he just, oh, those are just my parents, ignore them. <laughs> you know, she's like, on what? You know, um, just pay attention to them, you know, but, but, you know, it, it's really, um, you know, spicing it up is, is, is more about, I think the atmosphere, right? You can, mm-hmm. you know, um, you change the lighting, yes. use it, you go, go in a different room. Um, you yeah. know, um, just, just anything that, you know, that, that can be fun mm. and, you know, but, but again, it's, but, but here's, here's the thing. And here's something else that's really important is to don't get, don't get so focused on the outcome that if something, you know, that if something doesn't quite work out, okay, it's like, it's okay. It's just one Mm. time. It's does, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, Right. right. It only means what we say it's going to mean. And so if we get all spun out about, oh, she didn't have an orgasm or he lost his erection or whatever, it's like, it's going to happen. Right. It's not a big deal. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's okay. It just, just because, because nothing, I mean, you know, it's like my, my drive to work isn't free and clear every morning. Sometimes there's an accident. Okay. And right. I don't, I don't not drive to work that way anymore because once upon a time there was an accident. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's That's really, a good way to put it. yeah, just it's, it's, kind of go with the flow too. Right. Like if something doesn't work out, like whatever we can, we can not do that next time, or we can right. try out something different and see how that goes. Just right. And, flexible, and I think too, and then also maybe do, you know, maybe a couple of days later, do a debrief where it's like, you know, so, so yeah. what were the feelings around that and, and, and reassure um, your partner that, you know, I, I, it's, it's okay. It's, we tried it. It didn't work. Okay. It's like right. going to the restaurant. We tried it. We didn't like it. We're not going back. Okay. It's not a big deal. 
Um, but, but we, but we put such an emphasis on it. And, you know, I, and I think really to spice things up is you can, you, you can, you can do, you, you can play, you know, they're all card games, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, um, you know, truth or dare or never have I ever, I mean, you know, there's all the, or, you know, they actually have card decks, you know, yes. that you can pick a card and, you know, it's so, sort of like the old twister game of, you know, you spin, it's like, oh, we're going to do this tonight. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, it's the, there are all kinds of things, but I do think that bringing a sense of, of, of play to it yeah. is, is, is really helpful. That's a great tip. I absolutely love that. Love that. Uh, well, this was incredible. Any last thoughts before we get into our game? Uh, I don't think so. I think I've talked enough. <laughs> well, you were incredible. You, I absolutely love this conversation. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Um, all right. You ready for the game? Sure. All right. So the first one is fruits or veggies? Oh, fruits. No, no doubt. Fruits. Love. Curly fries or waffle fries? Ooh. Curly fries. Curly fries. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Pasta. Love. Would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather? Oh, talk to animals for sure. It would be so cool. I I'd, wish. Lo I'd love to know what my cat's thinking half the time. <laughs> right. Same with my dog. I'm like, what is she thinking? Like, what is she? What's going on in her brain? <laughs> Um, would you rather live without music or live without movies? Oh gosh, <laughs> shoot me now. Um, you love both, I assume. Yeah, but I'm probably going to say music because I love dancing. Mm, love that. Online shopping or in-person shopping? I didn't get the shopping gene, so I'm probably going to go online. Nice. Love that. Would you rather direct a music video or direct a movie? Oh, mm -hmm. probably a music video because there's going to be dancing. Mm, that's true. Love that. Would you rather live by the ocean or live in a cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods, no doubt. Love it. Would you rather give up all technology or give up TV and books? Oh, definitely technology. I can't, I couldn't live without books. Love that. Love that. Would you rather visit 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future? Ooh. Probably 100 years in the future, only because I'm a big fan of modern medicine. <laughs> yes, that's totally fair. <laughs> this one is interesting. Would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Eyes that film everything. Love it. Travel the world for free for one year or be given 50K to spend on, to spend on anything? Travel the world. Love. No doubt. Would you rather wear ball gowns every single day for the rest of your life or wear swimwear every single day for the rest of your life? Ball gowns, because I'd feel elegant. <laughs> I love it. 
wouldn't that be cool? I, I some people are like absolutely not, and then some people are like, oh, I like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sunrise or sunset is last one. Sunset. Sunset. Love it. Well, Leslie, this was such a pleasure. I absolutely love this conversation. You definitely taught me some things, and I'm sure <laughs> you are gonna just completely blow people's minds with this conversation and thank you for all the work that you're doing i mean clearly you're making a huge impact in this world so so cheers to that and please let everyone know where they can connect with you well they can connect with me i have two different websites um foundationscoachingnc.com is one and the herohusbandproject.com is the other um they can catch me on instagram and facebook um, where else am I? Uh, I do have a YouTube channel, which I do. All, uh, I do a lot of videos. So there's, there's information on YouTube so they can look me up on YouTube. Awesome. And if they wanted to contact me directly, the best way is Leslie, L-E-S-L-I. Thank you, mom. No E at foundationscoachingnc.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. I had a great time. All right, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Leslie. It was honestly such a pleasure speaking with her and getting all of this incredible information out to you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely connect with me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media. Check out my website and I have cute merch, so you should definitely go check it out. And please let me know if you would like to hear any topics. DM me, email me, mynakedmindsetpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Bye.